welcome to the One Life Podcast. You are actually in the right spot, but we're having a little bit of fun today with some different intro music. That's right. It's a very exciting episode, episode 14, episode 14 of the One Life Podcast, because we have our very first official rock star on Absolutely. the podcast today. Absolutely. Yo, for those of you who are listening for the first time, we are Chris and Jenny Graby. We are your hosts, and the mission at One Life is to help you take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose, and you are going to love today's episode. Yeah, it's a really, really great episode. We're excited to have with us Tate Cunningham. The one, the only. Yeah, he is the world-famous drummer for one of our favorite bands, Mm -hmm. Safety Suit. Absolutely. Years ago, we met them when we were all just a bunch of young pups living in Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) and now we're all just a bunch of celebrities. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us more than others, maybe. Maybe maybe they are. Yeah. Three record albums signed with Universal Records and opened with some great acts such as Goo Goo Dolls and Lifehouse. They have really made a massive impact all around the world. And they're just really great guys. You know, they make incredible music that we are really huge fans of, but we're even more fans of them as people. They're just wonderful humans. Yeah, and on today's episode, you're going to hear Tate and his journey of, man, going for it, taking a risk, what it means to do that with a family, and really just kind of going for something you feel like you were born to do, and hear about the ups and the downs, the good and the bad. So we are so excited about today's episode, so thankful for Tate for sharing his heart, opening up with us. I think you're really, really going to love it. Yeah, I loved one of the things he shared about the power of a tribe, having those people around you to pick you up on those days that you want to quit. And they just won't let you because they believe in you and because they love you. At some point along the way, you're going to have some discouragement and you're going to question, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And if you have a tribe of people around you that care about you and have the same goal in mind, then your low times, that high time for the other person is going to be able to pull you through it. Yeah, and so throughout today's episode, we've got a treat for you. You're going to get to hear some of their music yeah. kind of in and out. So if you've never heard of Safety Suit, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar with Safety Suit or you're not a fan, you're going to be Absolutely. after this episode. Well, guys, without further ado, let's go. Here's Tate. Cool, man. Really, dude, really appreciate you doing yeah, this. Yeah, thank this you is... so much. Oh, I'm happy to do it. I'm excited with what you guys are doing. I, I went on your website and kind of read up a little bit about what's going on, and it's really exciting. I oh, think it's cool. great. Thanks. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, we, we really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. It's it's just an honor. Jenny and I were talking about it. We're going, oh, man, we love the guys. We love Tay. We love Safety Sue, what's happening. We'd love to have him on to share a little bit of their story, but also to share some of his story. So, yeah. man, it sure. means a ton that you are here with us today. So, for our listeners who don't know about Safety Suit or haven't heard of you yet, would you take a minute and just tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do, and who you are? Yeah, so I'm originally from Oklahoma. Grew up on a farm southwest Oklahoma. Played music pretty much all my life. And to make a really long story short, I went to college in Tulsa on a music scholarship in which I met all my bandmates that are still together today. So it's been quite a journey from here to there. Yeah, it has. And I want to take us back a little bit further, a little earlier in the journey. When we first (laughs) met you guys, um, we were all living in Nashville. And I think it was sometime around 2004. And we hadn't met you guys yet. Mm -hmm. And then I was traveling around speaking. Mm -hmm. And the way it all kind of worked out was you lived in the same apartment complex. Doug, the lead singer, lived in the the same apartment complex. And I'm going to go do this event in Hertford, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, Hertford, Texas. And the guy's like... 
I think one of the band guys actually lives right above you who's doing this event. You got booked at the same same gig, same event in Hertford, Texas. In Hertford, Texas. <laughs> yeah, that not that crazy? I mean, you talk about fate. Like, oh, what are the man. chances of that? So, so wild. And so it's just been, for us, it's been amazing to watch mm-hmm. your journey and the safety suit journey and to see all that's happened in your guys' walk. And I know we want to hear a little bit more. Yeah, so we want to yeah. hear all about kind of how safety suit came to be and how you guys got started. But first, you want to go back a little bit farther and hear about your story and how you got started in music. Did you always know you wanted to do this as a career? When did this dream kind of begin in your life? Yeah, I mean, I really did uh, from the beginning. And the context of growing up for me, you know, was farm life, which is a complete departure from anything (laughs) music. But Right. I have to give credit to my mom and my grandmother because I was forced to play piano, basically, and I really disliked right. it at the time, <laughs> like to take piano lessons. So that kind of opened up my whole world to music in which I fell in love with it. And I eventually switched to drums when I, I was 14. It was like the best Christmas ever. And I can't believe my parents let me play drums. But uh, right. <laughs> that's love right that there. It really love. is. I yeah. mean, they put up with countless hours of playing because that's really what I did. From that time on, I, I played probably every day. Yeah, I mean, I used to take like Modern Drummer Magazine and I used to dream of doing what some of those guys were doing and all those records that came out at that time, you know, like Nirvana, Nevermind and, you know, the Cranberries records. But yeah, it was just a big time in the music industry. And, you know, growing up on a farm, it was like a dream to be able to get to go do some of that stuff. That's amazing. So you're at, uh, you're at at college, right? You go get the music scholarship and you're, you're rocking that there. And so while you're there, are you like, I got to find my band or are you just like, this is what I'm going to do. And how did it all kind of come together with the band? How did Safety Suit begin? Love to hear that story. Yeah, so at college, we had these Battle of the Bands every year. And being the uh, one of the few drummers that were there, you know, I played Battle of the Bands with a few different groups. (laughs) You're battling your own band. (laughs) Exactly. I am battling my own self. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Doug, at that time, he had a couple of songs and he was like, hey, you want to come play with us? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. And so myself... Doug, Jeremy, and then a different guitar player at that time, a couple of different guitar players. We all played the song Down, which is off of our first record. We actually ended up winning Battle of the Bands. So that's kind of how it all started. And then we did it the next year and we won again. And it was like, well, we're young, like maybe we should give this a try. So that was kind of the beginning of what was crew at the time, which ultimately led to being Safety Suit. That's awesome. So fast forward a little bit. You guys now have three albums, right? Is three? that right? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like, dude, this is years. Three albums sprinkled with some singles and an EP. Right. So, yeah. Right. That's so crazy. So you guys won that Battle of the Bands. Uh-huh. And then how did you start Safety Suit? Was it like, okay, yeah. we're just going to start playing together? How did you get from winning the Battle of the Bands to Nashville? So I graduated college and then... The rest of the guys were like a year behind me, and we all decided, you know what? We're young. We all want to do this. Let's go for it. You know, why not? Why not us? Let's give it a try. 
So myself, my new wife, and Doug's new wife, and I think there was nine of us at the time, you know, besides the band members, the wives, and a couple of other friends. Couple <laughs> roadies. Yeah. yeah. We're all in it together. Oh, yeah. man, you did, though. You guys had a squad of people you that did. were like you your did. biggest cheerleaders. It was the coolest thing to see. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, you really look back now that you're older and can really appreciate it, but we moved out here June 31st of 2004. Didn't know a soul out here in Nashville. And we're just like, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's go for broke. And so we we spent that first year really just rehearsing and started playing out, started selling out clubs. And it wasn't until 2007 we met with Universal Records, which ultimately led to a record deal. And during that time, we had to change our name from crew to something different because of trademark reasons and all that. And plus yeah. the band name was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked crew. I yeah. thought crew was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I felt like we should have been a boy band. I'm like, crew, yeah. what are you talking about? Going on? Um, yeah. So safety suit wasn't safety suit until 2007. And we've basically been on the road, off the road since then. What if it makes you? Where did the name Safety Suit come from? What's kind of the story behind that? Well, it's a really boring story, but I'll tell you. <laughs> you so, can make up a lie. That'd be I think I remember you guys talking about it. You're like, well, this was available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about making a lie. Something. <laughs> uh, no, we were all sitting in the studio, and of course, we find this out. And our producer's like, well, you guys have to come up with something different. This isn't going to work. And we're like, okay, well, there's four of us and we're literally all different. Dave used to say we're like the Ninja Turtles. Like we're literally (laughs) all different personalities. So to come up with the same thing you can agree on is pretty much impossible. So that being said, I really liked the song Pressure Suit. And I thought, man, that'd kind of be a cool band name, Pressure Suit. And Doug was like, yeah, I don't know. And he was like, what about the safety I was like, I don't want to bend with the word the in it. And so <laughs> yeah. we basically just squashed the two together and became nice. So yeah, no no fancy story behind that. That's how it happened. And it the rest out. is history. I mean, it yeah. was clearly magic because it worked. Yeah, just yeah. maybe come up with like, we were wearing a suit and we saved somebody. <laughs> we bring people up from safety. I don't know. Oh yeah, we've heard all kinds of stuff. I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. fun. Somebody in the business told us once, like if you have a hit, then your name doesn't matter if you don't have a hit then your name doesn't matter so exactly yeah so good yeah that's such good advice so do you have like a favorite show that you guys have done together yeah man i have lots of favorite shows playing at the hammerstein in new york was super cool there's a lot i mean there's a lot of great venues we've got to play at what about a uh a song that you guys have written maybe a little bit of a story behind one of those songs and something that's really kind of impacted you 
Yeah, well, I guess I'd kind of have to turn a little more serious here, but off of our first record, um, Life Left to Go, that's probably, we don't play that song live, but as far as just impact, I would say that song because, you know, talking about the subject of suicide and people not wanting to live anymore and losing hope, that's probably been our most impactful song just because it's life and death. You know, we've literally had thousands of people over the years write in and talk about how that song kind of pulled them out of it or just get through that time. So I feel really honored to be a part of something like that. Sometimes the answers is more than a friend than you thought it would be And the pages you write in your journal each night are your own Um, These Times is also another one that comes to mind. That was written and sort of released during the recession and, you know, kind of the same, yeah, kind of the same story, you know, not quite as heavy subject matter as the other one, but, you know, a lot of people were going through some tough times, like financially, whatever, you know, and that's kind of, uh, that's been a really meaningful song to me personally. And that seems to be kind of the message behind what you guys are doing. I mean, on every single record, you know, looking up and Mm -hmm. these times and even perfect color. It seems like your your mission is to encourage people who really need to hear that their life is worth something and that they need to not give up and keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say the underlying message with Safety Suit is hope. Um, Yeah. We all could use a little dose of that every now and then, you know? And there's just so much noise and horrible music out there. Um, <laughs> their content, right. you know, not the most encouraging things or just shallow. Just for us, that's been our thing and, and that's what we love to do. That's awesome. And you guys have played with and toured with all kinds of people. Um, yeah. Who are some of your favorite bands or artists that you've gotten the chance to work with? I would say hands down the script has been my favorite band to tour with. We just got along with those guys really well. We all have some similar background. Like myself, I kind of came from a blue collar family and a couple of those guys did as well and went through some bumps in the music industry and we've been through a ton of bumps in the music industry and we just kind of we just kind of became friends. It was more outside of the music business that we would have conversations than what are we doing on stage tonight type deal. So Danny, Mark, and Glenn, those are those are great dudes. We really love those guys. That's awesome, man. That's great. You know, it's everybody looks and sees the show. They see the lights. They see all of this. You guys mm-hmm. have been in an industry that at times can maybe lose perspective on what's really going on in life. And mm-hmm. you start to think that you're this or that. And you start to believe some kind of hype. But really what's been great, you know, that whole rock star status thing. When you guys mm-hmm. have seemed to remain humble and amazing people and to love your wives and your families and continue to serve people. And I would love to hear what drives that. What gives you the ability to stay in that place? 
honestly, I think us being like-minded and our awesome wives at home, our awesome friends at home kind of have kept us grounded more than anything else. I don't think we ever really achieved like true rock star (laughs) status as some people (laughs) like to think, but you know... I just think being like-minded, being on the same page, being open and having good communication, basically not keeping things in the dark. You know, we do things together. We're really tight-knit on the road, on the bus. I don't know. We just don't really have a lot of tolerance for (laughs) riffraff on the road. I mean, we, we have a great time, but it's just not worth messing up things at home at all. And that's just not what we're about. This is my love song to you. Let every woman know I'm yours So you can fall asleep each night, babe And know I'm dreaming of you more You're always hoping that we make it You always want to keep my gaze But you're the only one I see, love And that's the one thing that won't change I will never stop trying That's awesome. No, that is great. You know, I... I love what you said there, and I, I just want to take a second and talk yeah. about that relationship with you and Chelsea. She mm-hmm. is a, an amazing person. Yes. And, you know, when you're gone for extended periods of time, yeah. just kind of talk me through that where people maybe, because there's going to be somebody who I know is listening to this yeah, who has a dream and goes, you know what, I think I was born to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. And kind of talk through that and help kind of give them some advice on what that looks like for you and Chelsea and how you guys manage that together. I think you both really need, if that's something you want to do, you want to be a touring musician or be in a band, you know, which consists of a ton of travel, you really, you really need to be wired to do it. And your mate needs to really be wired to do it as well. I mean, some people just are and some people aren't and that's okay. If you're going to have a wife and go out and do this, I mean, it's kind of, you're kind of making it about you. And that's something that I've realized even recently, like with my wife and my children, you know, I'm just like... I'll just be transparent here. I, I, I filled in for a country artist a couple months ago, and I had to learn about two hours worth of music for this festival. And when I have to learn that much music and go and perform it on stage, I'm literally not thinking about anything else but those songs. I'm not thinking about how I look or performing or whatever. Like My nose is right in the middle of that song and getting through it. And it was just like out of nowhere, I had this thing come to my mind like, this is about you. And it was kind of a wake up call for me in terms of just the cost of being away from Chelsea and my beautiful children and and how that affects my family. So all to say, if somebody out there that's listening, if this is what you want to do, I, I encourage you to do it. You just really need to weigh the cost and and know what you're getting into because at the end of the day I mean everybody has a shelf life unless you're an anomaly like the Rolling Stones or something and (laughs) and at the end of that it's going to be like who's standing there with you you want to hope that your wife and your kids and your family are still there you know of course yeah so yeah (laughs) that's That's, awesome I know that's kind of getting a little deep there but that's kind of where I'm at right now you know oh thank you so much for sharing that I'm sure that is going to really bless and guide some people I have another question. What Mm -hmm. would you say are some of the biggest risks that you've taken? Was there ever a moment for you, maybe before you took that jump to move to Nashville and give this band thing a try where you thought, am I really going to do this? (laughs) Was there any hesitation or fear going into that? Well, being in a band is about as high risk as you can (laughs) get. But uh, it's arguably one of the most 
difficult businesses to be successful in hands down. For uh, sure. I know I'm a little biased because I'm in it, but I mean, I would argue that to the death pretty much. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, honestly, Jenny, like I think I had no hesitation about moving to Nashville and I will say change, change is always a little difficult for me. You know, I kind of like to be in control and know what's going on, but as far as like the pursuit of my dream, like I really had little hesitation. And part of that probably was also because I had people doing it with me and we were on the same page and we had the same goal. So having, it's huge having a tribe to do that with, because at some point along the way, you're going to have some discouragement and you're going to question, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And if you have a tribe of people around you that care about you and have the same goal in mind, then your low times, that high time for the other person is going to be able to pull you through it. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I had no hesitation about going for it. I had no idea what the result was going to be, but I knew that's what I wanted to do and I was going to go for it. Man, you guys did have a killer tribe. We were talking about it before we jumped on the call. I think we got your original record, the crew record, because uh-huh. Arnold, one of your most loyal fans and greatest mm-hmm. friends and the nicest yeah. guy ever, sold it to us out of the trunk of his car <laughs> in like the Kroger parking lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He was literally driving around town selling records for you guys out of his car. <laughs> Man, I got to say, Arnold, if you're listening out there, you... You better be listening. We love you, man. We love you, Arnold. (laughs) That is one of the most loyal, good people you will ever meet in your life. So, yeah, thank you, Arnold. Absolutely, he is. No doubt. That guy. Yeah, yeah. he was just so supportive of you guys. Well, you start to go like, all right, well, what do you do in the band? He's like, well, I'm like the biggest fan on the planet. Yeah. He's fan number one, that's for sure. So great. Oh, man. Well, you know, one of the things I want to take a second and talk about Mm -hmm. that I don't know if we really fully got in the story is, you know, when you make that move, you Mm -hmm. guys showed up and you started playing gigs, but you were working a job and you were trying to be a husband. You were hustling for sure. You were hustling for sure. And I think that, like, sometimes you just go, oh, yeah, safety suit. They're doing great. It was easy and it just happened automatically. But there was a lot of hard work that went into it. Talk about that a little bit. There was a ton of hard work that went went into it. And I remember too, especially when we first got signed, there was a lot of people that basically saying how it was basically handed to us. And we knew somebody that knew somebody, whatever. And, you know, we really did come out here and bust our tails and pay our dues. And we worked very, very hard. And we started in a van just like everybody else does. And and it was a grind, you know? Oh yeah. I remember when you guys, I think it was maybe your first big tour, you guys got done. It was like, I don't think we're going to talk to each other for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Road life. You guys were really close yes. for a really long time. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you watch the documentary on some of these bands. It's it's like being married to other people. It really is. <laughs> you just need a reality show. Just, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, we had one. We had a reality show for Did a long you? time. Did uh, you? No, no, no. Oh. No, we like, didn't. Did we miss that? How did we miss that? Oh, no, we, I'm just saying yeah. we would have made a great reality show. You would have. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
And I feel like you guys are, at least you were when we lived uh-huh. in Nashville, you're big pranksters. Do you have any stories of pranks on the road that you guys played on yeah. Gosh, we've had a couple pranks where we would scare Jeremy half to death. There's, <laughs> there's a good YouTube or two of that. <laughs> We'll have to link to those. those I think it's called The Scare or something. I haven't seen those in years, so I don't even know what the links are, how to find it. But yeah, we would have messed with Jeremy quite often. We got a lot of pleasure out of that. That's so funny. End of tour pranks we would do like the script one time. We we dressed up like the Mario Brother characters and (laughs) went on stage and danced around to one of their last songs. Oh, that's cool. That was pretty fun. One time, I think we were on tour with Collective Soul, and Jeremy just came out on stage in a towel, nothing else on. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Brushing his teeth. You know, it's just like. Uh, Security? Security? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That is is awesome. Cool. All right. Well, we. Oh, go ahead. Yes, one more question. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking there's got to be people listening and maybe their dream is not to be a musician uh-huh. or not to be in a band, but they have some kind of dream. We have a lot of people mm-hmm. with big dreams who listen. wanted to ask if you have advice for them. Somebody listening that has a dream, they want to take that risk. They want to grab that courage. What advice would you give them to go for that? Man, that is such a huge question. I would say... If you know in your heart and in your mind what it is, if you see what your goal is, like in your mind's eye, just don't listen to anybody. There, yeah. There's really no formula on how to make that happen. There's not. And there's a lot of people that will tell you otherwise. Right. You just have to put in the work. I mean, it, even outside of being a musician, if, you're, if your dream is to like start like a snow cone <laughs> empire, <laughs> I mean, you, there's a just- a great dream. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like, there's just no way around putting in a lot of hard work. Um, There's just not, there's no shortcuts in life. I think at times people get blessed with things. They get, they have a lucky break and things can happen, but that's really not how it works. And in a culture where I think this is old school take coming out. I I feel like (laughs) this is the take for the farm. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people these days can kind of come across a little bit entitled and not willing to do what it takes. You know, we just have this expectation like I'm here doing it. It should happen now. And that's not always the case. I mean, it just takes work and dedication, work and dedication and discipline to make stuff happen. So I would just encourage people just to be consistent and to find people in your life that will partner with you in your dream, that will mentor you, that might also be in the field that you're wanting to be in and, and pursue. You know, get people around you that are going to be able to lift you up on those days where you're totally bumming out or yeah. are just thinking like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. That Because you're going to have those days for sure. I, right. I've certainly had many of those and I'm sure I'll have more of those in the future. But I have people around me that support me, that love me, guide me, help mentor me. And you need people to lean on in the process of achieving your goals. Absolutely. That's such great advice. Yeah. Thank you. No, I love that, man. It's great. Yeah. We had, I don't know if you know Mark Maxwell. Have you I heard? do. Do you, do you know Mark? 
I have met him maybe a handful of times. Uh, He's an attorney, I think, right? He is. He's an entertainment attorney. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Awesome. We asked him the question because he works with so many artists in Nashville, Mm -hmm. and he has for over 30 years. I mean, he's just an incredible guy and such a pillar in that city. But we asked him, of the artists that he's seen have success and the ones that have not, what is Mm -hmm. it about the ones who find success? And he said, time after time after time, it's the same thing that it might not be the artist that has the A plus talent, but they're the ones who have the character that lasts. They're the ones that have the greatest careers because they're willing to do exactly what you just said, to put in the hard work and not just rely on their talent, but also show up to appointments on time and do the work that needs to be done and serve people and love people and just be great human beings as well as gifted. That is huge. That is so huge, Jenny. I totally agree with that. Besides the hard work, you, you have to treat people right. Yes. I mean, you're not going to get very far if you think you've got all the good stuff and you're kind of running over people in the process. I mean, that's just not how life works. I mean, you have to give and love people and, and help other people, even though you might be the one that needs the help at the time. And it comes back around. It really does. Call it a feeling. Call it a premise. Things are about to go my way You're so good, man. I think that you guys have perfectly captured that through the Perfect Color Project. And I would love for you to share with our audience because... We're all about making an impact in the world around us. And what you guys have done with the Perfect Color Project is pretty amazing. Would you take a second and share what that is? Yeah, so our bass player, Jeremy, he really spearheaded that whole campaign, which is built around an anti-bullying campaign. You know, it's really about everybody just being who they are. You know, it doesn't matter where we come from. We all matter and we should all be seen. There's a website. It's called youaretheperfectcolor.com. You can check it out. Just for people that are dealing with bullying or might be going through it or that might know somebody that is, there's some really good resources on there where they can get some help or get some advice, kind of some direction there. hook up with NASA? Was there like a thing with like NASA for the perfect color? Yeah. Yeah. Not only are you global, <laughs> you're universal, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's see. We did a thing with NASA. It was our last tour. We went to Houston and did a whole like tour of their facilities there. It, it was really cool. We got to be in the control room where they were doing their thing from ground zero where they we landed on the moon for the first time. So it was an honor to be there. And, and that's kind of where we made the connection with NASA. And Jeremy uh, just ran with that whole relationship. They partnered with us, and it was super cool. Wow, that's so awesome, man. That's so cool. Well, I love to see. I mean, like you said, I mean, the years you guys have been doing this, the impact that you've made has just been phenomenal. Well, okay. Well, we have three more rapid-fire questions for you. Absolutely. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So in closing, we like to ask every guest these three mm-hmm. questions. What is a book that's changed your life? What's a habit that's changed your life? And what advice would you give to the younger you? Hmm. Let's see, book. There's a book called Fearless that is, I never served in the military myself, but I have great respect for what those guys do. Both of my grandfathers served. I have a lot of family that served. And I just admire just what it takes to to be a part of that community and, and what they've sacrificed. There's a book called Fearless. Uh, it's about a guy named Adam Brown, who was a Navy SEAL. And um, the typical Navy SEAL books that I have read are mostly about, you know, they go to BUDS and do their training and it's more on the tactical stuff. But this is about this guy's life growing up in Arkansas, who was addicted to drugs and was just running from the law and how his whole life turned around. And he became like one of the most elite guys on those team. So that was a book that really had an impact on my life and what family means to him and his country. What was the second one? Second one is what habit or discipline has changed your life? So I recently got involved with a outfit called F3. That stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. Okay. What this is, it's a group of guys. We get together and work out, but we get up at like 530 and it doesn't matter, rain, snow. The the only thing we don't (laughs) go out for is if it's lightning. But yeah, it's for me, I am not a naturally disciplined person, but I know I feel so much better about life if I'm in shape and I'm working out. And these guys have just been awesome. You know, it's a team thing. It's a group thing and we're all in it together. So that's been a really cool thing for my life right now. That's awesome. Okay. The last one is what advice would you give to the younger you? Hands down, I would say to listen to your gut. Um, There's been so many times, big decisions, but also little decisions where I really had a sense of what I should do deep inside. And I made a different choice because of how things could be perceived or what maybe what somebody might think. And I would say to definitely listen to your heart, even if it might be a hard decision. That's so good. No, that is awesome, man. Well, brother, thank you so much for being yeah. here. Today. We are so <laughs> thankful for you. And we just know that we're praying for you and your family and cheering you thank guys Thank you, guys. It's, yes. Uh, it's just been phenomenal to see your uh, steadiness through the years and yeah. your, your diligence to stay focused on your craft and to get better and to impact people's lives. And at the same time, love your wife and your kids. So thank you so much for being here and making an impact on us and on our audience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Absolutely, man. Take care. Yeah, you too. What an amazing episode. I love, love, love when he's talked about community and the people cheering him on along the way. You know what's cool? God always knows the exact word we need to hear, the exact moment. And man, I'm telling you, I sure needed this one this week. Yeah, no, really it's, it's, it's so important for us to remember that we see these snapshots of people on Instagram and in life, and we don't ever get to see the journey, the behind the scenes. And so I'm so thankful for him to share the good, the bad, the ugly, his journey of ups and downs. And it's just been neat to see him grow as a man, as a husband and a leader and be a part of something that's really changing and impacting the world. Absolutely. We hope that you guys have fallen in love with Tate and with Safety Suit after hearing some of their music today. We hope that you'll go buy some of their music on iTunes and also also wanted to let you guys know we have an incredible community you know Tate talked today about the power of community about 
finding those people who can believe in you. And man, we hope that you have those real life people in your everyday life. But what's cool is we have this whole online community that are committed to waking up every day and moving towards becoming the best version of ourselves possible. Over on Facebook, you can join us on there and we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Yeah, the group's called One Life and it's just people every single day chasing after living their one life on purpose. And it really is powerful. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. And one of the things we want to say thank you for is for listening every single week. It would mean a lot to us if you head over to iTunes and subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast so we can help spread the word and let people know of what is going on here. Yeah, we're also doing something fun as well over on our Instagram page. You can find us at One Life Tribe. We're doing some fun giveaways and sharing some quotes from the episodes and just encouragement throughout your week. So go find us over there and let us know your favorite safety suit songs and your favorite takeaways from the episode. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining us on this ride. It is so special and so much fun. And we love each and every single one of you so much. So let's close it out like we always do. Remember, you only have one life. Live Live it it well. well.